0: In real estate and especially with this market, my friends, look, I am absolutely 100% committed that I talk to you exactly the way that it is. This market is changing. How many of you guys have felt it? Raise your hand. say aye. How many of you are noticing that listings are sitting just a little bit longer, taking longer for homes to sell? Buyers are like cockroaches. When you turn on the lights, they get scared and they run away, right? Having more offers fall out than you've probably seen in a long time. And to be able to hold the deals together and in the future, and over the course of the next probably 18 to 24 months, your influence is going to become one of the most important things that you have. The skill of influence and persuasion. To be able to influence a seller to understand that the price that they're thinking was great a year ago, but it's not the same price today, right? For a buyer, you have to have influence as inventory increases to get them to write the offer so that there's urgency that takes place. Are you guys with me? Yes or no? So here's the thing. Entrepreneurs, leaders, salespeople. We all wanna create consistent, repeatable, and scalable ways to grow our business and our income. And we wanna do it better, faster, and more seamlessly. Why? So we can actually enjoy our lives, take vacations, and spend the quality time that we want with the people that we love. How do we do all this without spending a fortune or running ourselves ragged? That's the big question, and this show is dedicated to the answer. What's up, crew? How are you guys doing? First of all, for those of you that I do not know, my name is Bill Pipes. I am the man that is primarily responsible for... As we get started here, how many of you showed up into this room because you want to become more influential? Raise your hand, say aye. Aye. How many of you showed up in this room because you want to have more persuasion in your life? Raise your hand, say aye. Aye. How many of you showed up in this room because you want to earn more money? Less time? With less resistance, right guys? And here's what I want you to, we're just going to start off with this conversation. Do you realize in sales, everyone is a yes until they're a no? I know it sounds really simple right? But see, everyone's a yes. When you call someone on the phone, and you're having a conversation with them, and, you know, they're staying on the phone with you, they're not hanging up, guess what they are? A yes. Everyone say yes. Yes. When you are invited over for a listing presentation, what are they? And then here's what happens. They're a yes, and then you show up. And something you do, something you say, something you do with your body, something happens, and that yes turns into a a no. Yeah, right? So my goal today, guys, I have been like researching, studying, testing for the last year for these 40 minutes. This is 95% of this information is going to be absolutely brand new content that you guys have never heard, never seen before from the Tom Ferry ecosystem at all, okay? Because what my goal is is this. Look, Influence. If you look at the definition of influence, what influence is, is the capacity to have an effect on the character, development, or behavior of someone, or something, or the effect itself. Everything that you're doing in your life requires influence, doesn't it, guys? Right? Whether it's, look... You making a decision to get up early in the morning, get to the gym, work out. For you to be able to do that, what does it require? It requires influence, not discipline. See, because discipline is something that when you do something over and over and over and over and over again, it becomes a behavior. It's really what discipline is. It requires you having influence over yourself so that when the alarm goes off and you want to stay in the bed, that you somehow inspire yourself to get up. Does that make sense? Yes or no? How many of you are parents? Raise your hand. Does that require influence? Oh yeah, you're influencing constantly your kids to be able to help them turn out in a great way for my son Liam to become the man that I like am committed that he becomes and my daughter Sophia to become a powerful woman. That requires influence that I have as a father. It requires skills, tools, techniques, strategies. How many of you are married? Raise your hand. Okay, all right. How many of you want to be married? Raise your hand. Not as many hands went up. That scares the crap out of me. Does marriage require influence? Yes, Yes, this morning I had to have influence on my wife. Now, that that (laughs) sounded wrong. So, she's not here, right? But I had to have, and I had to have influence on her because of a conversation that we were having and to be able to actually move our relationship forward, Doesn't you know? How many of you are single? Raise your hand. You guys need to work on your influence, okay? (laughs) So, you need to work on your presentation. So, the goal here is this, guys. In real estate, and especially with this market, my friends, look, I am absolutely 100% committed that I talk to you exactly the way that it is. This market is changing. How many of you guys have felt it? Raise your hands. Say aye. How many of you are noticing that listings are sitting just a little bit longer, taking longer for homes to sell? Buyers are like cockroaches. When you turn on the lights, they get scared and they run away, right? Having more offers fall out than you've probably seen in a long time. And to be able to hold the deals together and in the future and over the course of the next probably 18 to 24 months, your influence is going to become one of the most important things that you have. The skill of influence and persuasion. To be able to influence a seller to understand that the price that they're thinking was great a year ago, but it's not the same price today. Right? For a buyer, you have to have influence as inventory increases to get them to write the offer so that there's urgency that takes place. Are you guys with me? Yes or no? We're going to go really fast, and my goal is this. I'm going to give you techniques, tactics, and strategies, okay? Right? There's not going to be a lot of fluff. It's not going to be a lot of filler. It's going to be me going like a machine gun so that you have the ability to be able to take. I don't expect you to use all of these techniques, tactics, and strategies, but I do expect you to choose the ones that you feel are the most important ones for you and to be able to use it. Now, something that I found in studying many, many, many people over my entire lifetime and especially over the course of this last year is... Most writers who are writing about influence, writing about persuasion, they make it very complicated, okay? Like, it's super complicated. My goal is to dumb it down. And not because you're not smart, but because I find that that barrier of academia, when people are writing about, like, all the studies they've done and, uh, you know, all the case studies, everything else, it makes it very unapproachable for the common person who's out there that just wants to be able to serve more individuals, help them, right? So I am going to give you like real estate influence. I'm not going to give you academia influence. Does that sound good, guys? Okay, good. So there's three things that we're going to be looking at here today. Number one is empathy. Empathy as a tool of influence. And you'll see that everything begins with Empathy, two different types of empathy emotional empathy and tactical empathy. And I'm going to give you tools for each one of those. Number two, from my good friend, Mr. Robert Cialdini, we're going to look at the six drivers to influence. Now, what I've done is I've taken his six drivers and I've spun it over into our world because, again, he's in academia. He's an academic. He's at the University of Arizona, or or, excuse me, uh, Arizona State University, right, in Phoenix. And I took everything that he did, talked to him, like did research. And I came up with the ways that we can use what he, are like six secret weapons when it comes to influence inside of real estate. Everyone just say, yes. Good. And then we're going to talk about what I call a feedback loop, right? And a feedback loop is nothing more than how your body and the bodies of those individuals that you're talking to can give you great data to determine, hey, am I presenting myself as someone who's confident and is confidence key? Yes or no, right? And how you can read, show confidence, but more importantly, Read the person using body language to determine, am I getting through to them? Are they resisting? Right? Is it time for me to close? Make sense, guys? All right. So let's start with empathy. Let's start with empathy, my friends. Anyone know who this gentleman is? His name is Chris Voss. He is, or was, the lead FBI negotiator. This is the person that was brought in, like, when hostages' lives were at risk, right? And and he said, like, Chris, he's a hard ass, right? Because he knew that if he didn't do his job well, someone could die. We're going into a market where if we don't do our job well, there's a— We may die, right, in terms of the business. Sure, someone said over here. But also, when we let our clients down, when we let them sit on the market, they could die financially. Does that make sense, guys? We've got a responsibility to be able to actually move them forward, move them forward fast, right, and give them the right information and influence them to take the right actions. So here's what Boss says. Let's just read this. You guys ready? One, two, three. I love empathy because it helps me get what I want. The number one negotiator, the FBI says, the place that he starts is by having empathy for the other individual that he is negotiating with. Now, is your presentation negotiation? Yes or no? Everyone say yes. Yes. It's 100% a negotiation. It's a negotiation of them choosing you. It's a negotiation of you getting your right price, right, that's going to sell the house. It's a negotiation of your commission. It really is the same thing that Voss does. Now, I'm going to give you two different types of empathy, right? The first is what I call emotional empathy, and I want you to write this down. He says, I've got to be able to put myself in the shoes of the individual that I'm about to negotiate with. And these are some of the questions that you can ask yourself. Now, my friends, can people tell when you're empathetic or not? Yeah, and what does empathy feel like when you're sitting across from someone or you're sitting beside someone or you're having a conversation? What does empathy feel like? It feels comfortable, Veronica says. Someone said, it feels like you, you care, right? And when you feel comfortable, when you feel like you care, what happens to resistance, my friends? Resistance begins to go down. I want you to think about empathy being the plow that cuts the ground open for you to lay the seeds of influence in. Make sense? And you start off by just asking yourself some very, very fundamental basic questions, okay? Number one says, what do I appreciate about this client? What do I appreciate about them? Number two is, what do I like about them? Because if you go into a listening presentation with this thought of what do I like about them, then there's a good chance that you're going to perform, act, respond differently, even to objections. Can you guys see that? Yes or no? Okay. Number three, how are we similar? Number four, what do I love about them? What do I love about this person? And you may go, well, Pipes, I'm going on a listing presentation. I don't know if I love them. Well, what do I love about You know what I love about them? I love that they're making a move to be able to get a bigger home because their kids are growing up and they want to generate, you know, better memories. I mean, it's not that you have to love them. It's that you have to love a piece of behavior, a component of them. And then number five, it says, what are the problems and how am I the solution? Now, my friends... What do you think would happen if you started off like a listing presentation, sitting in the car, or getting ready to do your prospecting following up on a lead, right? And you went through these five questions. What type of emotional state would it put you personally in? Right now, so what do you guys think would happen? What would happen to you emotionally by starting off? You're prospecting, starting off. You're sitting in the car for a listing presentation. A buyer's getting ready to come to your office for you to be able to actually do the buyer presentation with him. What type of emotional state would this put you in? Just like, shout it out for me. You'd be happy. You'd be appreciative, right? What else? You'd be understanding. Would you be patient? Okay? What else would happen? Okay? Okay. How many of you would like to have less resistance in the sales process? Raise your hand. Say, aye. First stage, remove your resistance to the client. Because I don't know about you guys, but I've had clients before that, honest to goodness, when they're showing up, I'm like, what a dumbass. No, now, have you ever had that before? Yes or no? Yes. Okay. Right. And if you say no, then I'm going to call you a liar right? Because, and maybe it's not dumbass, but gosh, they just don't get it. They're just not, gosh, why don't, don't they understand, right? How, are, how dare they actually ask me to cut my commission versus putting yourself in somebody else's shoes. So that's emotional empathy, number one. Now, number two, what we're going to talk about here is tactical empathy. Again, we're plowing the fields, tactical empathy. Now, these are actual techniques, negotiating techniques that you should begin to own, when someone says, like, gives you an objection or when someone resists a little bit, you say, you know, it really seems like, you know, we were thinking about going for sell by owner. I totally understand, Victor, that you're thinking about going for sell by owner. My gosh, it seems like you've really thought about this a lot. Now, immediately what happens in that, in that like, energetic relationship? What's happened? I've validated and I've connected. Make sense, guys? Right? And all of a sudden, now the resistance goes down a little bit. Now, here's a key one number two in the middle. All right. How many of you have ever had a client say no to you? Raise your hand, say I. Okay. When they say no, do you guys want to know like the key to moving forward and being able to handle and still have influence over them? How many of you guys want that? Raise your hand, say yes. Your job then is to get them to say what? If you get a no, You want to pivot, and you want to think, okay, I need to ask a question, Mike, that's going to get them to say that's right, because when I get them to say that's right, guess what I've just done? Now we're both together again. Does that make sense, guys? And when you're together, then resistance disappears. Hey, Bill, you know what? With a price that you're recommending, right, we really need to look at the fact that we need you to reduce your fees, And here's what I'd say. Gosh, you're really committed to netting the most out of the cell of this home. Is that correct? And they say, yeah, that's right. Okay? Either the yes or that's right. So what's happened now is that resistance that was then there in the objection disappears because of the fact that I've got them to say that's right. Does that make total sense, guys? Yes or no? So number three is very simple. And everyone learns this. How many of you guys have been to my sales edge before? Raise your hand. Okay, by the way, sitting in your chair, you're Bruce Lee. Yeah. That was weak. You're Bruce Lee. Yeah. That was better. Good. The rest of you don't know what the hell's going on and don't worry about it. Okay. It's key to do what's called keyword backtracking as well, too. All right, keyword backtracking, which is I'm going to repeat back the last two or three like words that they've actually given me or responses, you know? And what that does is lets them know what. lets me know that I've listened. Now, guys, just looking up here at what I just gave you right now. How many of you see a fundamental hole in your process that you're using to be influential? Just curious. Raise your hand. Like one thing that you could change right now, and you know it would have an impact on your business. Raise your hand. Okay. Good. Excellent. But wait, there's more. All right. So by the way, this gentleman right here, Robert Cialdini, and if you have not read this book, right, and you're committed to being influential and committed to being being highly persuasive, this is the Bible, Very analytical-minded. However, I would recommend that all of you go to Amazon immediately and you get it, right? It is his book called Influence. And inside of that, what he's established is that there are six secret weapons. Yeah, take a look at it, okay? There are six secret weapons that you've got to master in order to truly own this game of influence. They are, number one, reciprocity. And we're going to go through every single one of these, and each one of these is going to have a technique or a tactic that's attached to it for you guys. Reciprocity, what is that? I'm going to give in order to be able to what? Receive. I'm going to give something in order to be able to receive. Number two is scarcity. Right? If you look at great marketing material, it establishes that there's a scarcity. How many of you guys have ever shopped for airline tickets before online? Raise your hand. Say Aye. Expedia, Delta, American, wherever it is that you go. Have you seen, about three years ago, they added this. It said, there's only two more tickets left at this price. What does that establish? I've got to do something now. I'm not even telling you how much it's going to go up. They could tell you there's only two tickets left at this price. Price could that be that that goes down after that? But we automatically go into, oh shit, if I don't do something, it's going to cost me more money. OK? Number three is authority, right? Everyone just turn to your partner and go, I am the authority. Am the authority. But what you're going to notice is that a lot of you present like you're not. A lot of you present like you're asking permission, begging for the business. And you may not be doing it with your words, but your body is for sure conveying something different. Number three is consistency. Number four is likability. And number five is consensus or social proof. So let's go to the very first one. Commitment and consistency. Commitment and consistency, and here's what I'll tell you: People do not do things for your reasons; they do them for their reasons. And many salespeople, what I have found, is that they will sell based upon their values, not the client's values. Did you hear what I just said to you guys? They sell based upon what they think is important, versus what the client thinks is important, right? And why do they do that? They do that because they have not taken the time to truly do the research or ask the questions that uncover the values that that person has. Now, look at me really quick, guys. People will make decisions and take actions consistently on their values. If someone's, and in fact, I wrote down some, you guys want to know some of the key values that people have? These are the top nine key values, and I want you guys to write these down, okay? Write down for me, number one, power. Do some people have a value of power, yes or no? They wanna feel powerful. Write down number two, achievement. Number three, hedonism. What? I said the same damn thing when I read it. But what hedonism is, a desire for pleasure. Some people have a a value that is they want to experience pleasure. Number four, yeah. Can we do it again? Number four, excitement. Number five, independence. Number six, benevolence. Number seven, tradition. Number eight, conformity. And number nine, security. You guys are going to get my notes. Don't worry about it. Power, achievement, pleasure, excitement, independence, benevolence, Tradition, doing that, you know, like doing something that everyone's done in their family. Conformity, they don't want to upset others. And security. Most people fall into one of those nine categories. Does that make sense, guys? Okay. And you can start to think about some of your clients. So how do we uncover it? How do we uncover the values? Well, these are, this right here are, is an NLP technique called value and criteria elicitation questions. You ask these three questions, and by the time you get to the third question, you will know what their value is. People will not give you the answer on, their, on your very first question. They hold it close to their sleeve, okay? Okay. So I ask number one, I'm curious, what's important for you about buying this new home? They're going to give me a base answer. And typically that answer is something that's vague and general. Then I'm going to say, well, you know, how's that important to you? You know. And I'm going to repeat back the answer that they gave me to the first question. And then number three, I say, so ultimately, repeat back answer to number one. Repeat back answer to number two. What will all of that do for you? And that gives you their specific criteria for making a decision. You guys want to see how this is done? Okay, so who wants to roll? Mike, stand up for me. Come over here, right? Everyone say, hello, Mike. So I'm going to use this with Mike. So, Mike, we're going to not talk about you buying a home. We're actually going to do it in relationship to your goal, okay? Right? So, Mike, tell me, what's important for you about hitting your goal in terms of income this year? Being able to support uh, my family and being able to make future investments. Good, so being able to support your family and make future investments. You know what, Mike, I'm curious. What's important for you about that? You know, being able to support your family, make these future investments, what will that do? Well, yeah, it'll help uh, your kids be able to do things that you weren't able to do, you know, continue to grow their lives and do better things in their, in their lives. Yeah, fantastic. So they'd be able to do the things, Help you'd be able to help them grow and do the things that you weren't able to do. So ultimately, Mike, so your kids are able to do the things that you weren't able to do. Right? You're, you're able to actually you know, hit the income goal. You're, you're able to provide for your family. What will all of that do for you, bro? It'll give us a better life. Give everybody a better life. That's it. Yeah. Specifically, what do you think? Like, how would that life be better? Well, it'll give you freedom to be able to live your life. There it is right there. Did you guys see it? Okay. Now, so freedom. So do I now know what Mike's value is? Now, if I was coaching him, guess What? I would lean into, this, these actions are going to give you freedom if I was his coach. But if I was selling to him, guess what I would always be leaning into and talking about? Freedom because it's his value. Does that make sense, guys? So like I said, I'm going quickly, right? I'm going quickly. But this would be something that you would need to practice. But now you know the values, right? And I can now use those to have influence because I'm selling to them the way that they want to be sold at that point. Let's look at this really quick. Also when we look at this first one, which is commitment and consistency. I want to get people agreeing throughout the relationship that I'm having with them, even if it's at the very beginning of them knowing who I am. So you'll notice something. Our best clients do not send out any type of marketing that doesn't have, if it's video, you'll see it says, hey, If you'd like the free white paper that gives you information on this, click right here. I send out, you know, a video that's a local, like, that says, hey, let me give you a little update in terms of what's going on in La Jolla, California, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Hey, by the way, if you enjoy this information and want to find out more about La Jolla, be sure to click on here. I've got a, a local real estate guide in terms of all the areas inside La Jolla, as well as some of the restaurants and some of the great merchants that are there, right? They click there. What have I just gotten? I, not just their info, I got, I want you to think about the psychology. I got a commitment from them. Does that make sense, guys? Right? And the more smaller commitments that I can get throughout the process, the easier it makes it for them to say what to me? Yes to the bigger one. When you're presenting and you're on the listing presentation, and just when I'm presenting my marketing proposal, I'm just not going to go through it. I'm going to go, hey, we do this amazing open house. Define the open house. Is this something that you would like us to do? They say... Yes, and I've got commitment. You're gonna notice that most of the big commitments that you've made in your life have been preceded by smaller little commitments that led up to that. Can you see that, yes or no? Small, 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 bang, makes the big one easier. Let's go to the next one, all right? Next one, authority, authority. Do me a favor, sit right now as if you were in total authority. Go for it, if you would, please. And smile at the same time. Because you guys look like you want to beat the crap out of me right now. All right? Human beings play the game called follow the leader. Do you guys get that? All right? They want to be led. They want... Why is it that so many of you follow Tom Ferry? Because he has established himself based upon his energy, based upon his knowledge, and based upon his commitment as an authority. If he didn't have authority, then you guys wouldn't be here and you wouldn't follow him. Does that make total sense? So, how do we develop authority? Number one, your tone. Now, look, guys, I'm not going to go into this, but many of you who have been to Sales Edge know there's a certain way that people in authority speak. They speak with what? They speak, well, they speak with a downswing. They go down at the end of their voice, right? So, you've got to develop the skill of going down when you speak, right? Watch, sign the contract, please. Sounds a lot different than, would you sign the contract, please? And a lot of people, if you record yourself, will find that you're going up at the very end. Number two, and Wendy Walker, who was just on this panel earlier, she nailed it. She said, if you're going to sell in the luxury, you have got to build your knowledge because knowledge equals confidence, right? When you know your stuff inside and out, right? When you know pricing, when you know what's going on in the market. And by the way, I was just talking to Bill Harney, Steve Harney's son. How many of you are members of Keeping Current Matters? Raise your hand up high. Right? I would write this down. It's KCM. It's Keeping Current Matters. It is the definitive data point for what is going on nationally in the market. They have a monthly market guide. Right? And what was really interesting is this. I said, Bill, I love, absolutely love, love, love your market report. And he said, it's the least used thing that's on our site and i said shame on us man people love the graphics they love the like all the infographics but see for me i'm reading that monthly market guide so when i actually am speaking to you i can tell you exactly what's going on with confidence because i've got the knowledge and with authority number 3 is your body language and we're going to jump into that in just one second then number 4 is i love this right you guys want a little hack to increase the closing percentage for your listing presentation raise your hand say aye turn to your partner, go, bring them into the office. office. Yeah. If you need to and do a two-step, I'm going to come out, I'm going to preview your house. But I want you to come into the office to see the team of professionals that's going to be working for you, right? When you have home field advantage, when they're in your playing field, do you have a higher chance of being the authority and getting the contract signed, yes or No. So look, guys, even if you go, well, I still need to see the house. Awesome. Set a 10-minute appointment to actually go out and preview and then say, once I've seen the house, I want you to come into the office, and then we're actually going to do the presentation there. It establishes that authority, right? It's because you are the one that's in control. Make total sense, guys? Now, I'm going to boogie, boogie, boogie. Body Hacks. Another book that I highly recommend for you guys. It's another FBI. Now, this guy is an FBI interrogator, right? Right? See, the FBI a while ago made a decision that they were going to top grade their ability to be able to negotiate and interrogate. And this guy, Joe Navarro, anyone know him? Okay. This book is called What Every Body, i.e. Body, is Saying. And what he has established and what he used to do is be able to interrogate, tell if people are telling the truth based upon what they're doing with their body language. Most of you have no idea what's going on with your body when you're doing a presentation. And most of your body language, I would guarantee you, is disempowering you versus empowering you. A couple of things. I want to give you guys some quick hacks. I would use these as tools to determine a, what I need to do with my body language. See, everything that you do with your body right now is telling me something that's going on with you. I can look at your feet. And by the way, the feet, I want you to write this down. The feet are the greatest telltale sign of what someone is feeling. The further you go up to someone's head, the less accurate because they're controlling their face a little bit more. Um... Your body is directly, you got three parts of the brain. You got your, what's called your reptilian brain, which is the stem. You've got your mammalian brain, which is, you know, like the other part of the brain. And then you've got your neocortex. I'm not going to go back and correct myself because it's going to take too long, and i got five more minutes with you guys, right? And then you've got your, your human brain, which is your neocortex. And the neocortex is where you think. But your body and your body language is tied directly into the limbic brain, right? Directly in the mammalian brain. And that's why when you scratch your neck, go like this, things along those lines, you can tell what's going on with someone. Does that make sense, guys? You can tell. So watch. If you sit like this, See me, see my hands, guys? Sit like this, and you put, if you cross your hands, you put your thumbs up, that's, a, that's power, right? You cross them like that, that's submission. If someone has their feet on the side of the chair like this, right, and they're sort of locked in, right? If they have their feet on the side of the chair and they're locked in, it means that they're nervous. If they cross their feet underneath the chair, it means that they are resisting you. When you get your script down and you have the ability to be able to actually know what's going on with somebody's body, right, then you can tell do you need to be more influential or not or what you're doing is working. Does that make sense, guys? Cialdini establishes this. It's consensus. He said 20 years ago, social proof and consensus is one of the most important parts of influence. Now, look at me, guys. Guys. Everyone has reviews now. Tom hit you guys hard like eight, nine years ago. You got to have reviews. So here's what I say. All of you have reviews. So how do you make yours unique? How do you make yours stand out? I'm a consumer. I go to Zillow. I see a whole bunch of agents. So what? This one has 100 more reviews than another one, right? What's making it unique? How many of you have seen the generic bullshit that just the reviews have become recently? Raise your hand. Say aye. Aye. So here we go. You guys, ready? Three things, all right? With your track record. Number one, use the law of contrast. Use the law of contrast, okay? Law of contrast is this, all right? Instead of just showing your track record, you compare it and contrast it to what the market average is. Does that make sense, guys? Okay, okay, okay critical. Number two, you monetize your results. Instead of just saying, hey, guess what? I get my clients an additional 3% off the sale of their home, okay? You say, over my career, I have brought my clients, right, $2.7 million more than if they were listed with a normal agent. Guys follow, okay? Tailor fit the clients, your, your reviews, to the client's situation, if they're a first time home buyer. So when you're getting reviews, what you want to make sure that you're getting is this. I want you and you need to give them direction. I want you to tell in your review, if you would please, that you were a first-time home buyer. Could you tell them about how when you write the review, tell them a little bit about how you were a for sale by owner? Right? when you Tell them how you enlisted with another agent and that other agent wasn't able to sell the house of what we did. You tailor fit it for that. You tailor fit it for personality styles, too. You want to have different ones. Driver, analytical, expressive, amiable. And last but not least, use expert and industry leaders. So guys, so here's the beauty. Tom has said to you this market is changing. Right, guys? Okay? You guys agreed that you're beginning to feel it and you're beginning to notice it. The great agents are celebrating right now the fact that this market is shifting. And they're doing everything they can to get in front of it because they know that this is a skill-based market. And those great agents who have built their skills are the ones that are going to crush those that are not. Hey, guys, I appreciate you. Wish I had more time with you. Really love you guys. Enjoy the rest of Summit.